Awesome Podcast. Toot toot. Toot toot, y'all, and welcome to the Big Hell and Possum Podcast. I'm Big Hell Doughty. And I'm just a talking possum. No big deal. <laughs> what will they think of next, Big Al? Just when you thought you'd seen everything, you come along. Yeah. <clears throat> it's cool how we got this element, how we got this incredible visual element of a big talking possum and overalls and a big straw hat. And here we are just using you for your beautiful voice. It's strange, isn't it? Yeah. I bet you there's a lot of people wondering what you look like, too. Hear that, hear that voice of yours, and they think, mm-hmm. Man, I bet he's the size of one of them Fresh's Big Boys statues. Yeah, they probably do think that. They probably think I'm larger than life with my uh, big booming voice and my assertive command of the English language. And then they hear a little dried out weasel over on the other mic and they wonder what you look like. They're like, I imagine that guy's a, probably five inches tall. I'd rather people think I'm small so when they see me, they're impressed. I think people hear your voice and they imagine if they bit into you, you'd have the consistency of a Slim Jim. I bet you when people see you in person after hearing this grand voice of yours, they go, hmm, thought you'd be bigger. People do say that. People say thought you'd be bigger. See, I don't ever get that. I talk with belly voice, you know? My voice comes all the way down from my belly. Should I try talking like that? Yeah, try talking with your belly for a second. All right, here, no problem. I'm a big, strong man. I go into a restaurant, and I order food, and they actually bring it to me. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Is that okay. good? Yeah, yeah. No, that was very convincing. I think I'd rather be a dry weasel. That's mm-hmm. just who I am. You, you do know? seem more comfortable now than you did when you were trying to be a big, strong man. I'm just not a yeller. Mm-hmm. I'm not an old yeller, you know? And it's a good thing, too, because I'm all out of ammo in my shotgun. Oh, toot, toot. I see. Toot, toot. I see you. So, uh, it's Labor Day, as the listeners at home will no doubt be aware. And while you're chilling there at home, not working, let's, uh, let's talk about work. Let's talk not just about work, Mr. Possum. Tonight, we're going to talk about dream jobs. Yes, the jobs that could be if I tried harder. So, tonight on the show, we're going to count down our top five dream jobs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, indeed. Sounds oh, like, yeah. Sounds like your dream job is to be the Kool-Aid man, Mr. Possum. Possum, what's your number five dream job? I want to drive me a monster truck, Big Al. Oh, you want to be a monster truck driver? Yeah. That's cool. What would your uh, what would your truck be called? I know it's cool. My truck would be called the Shallow Grave Digger. Okay, the Shallow Grave Digger. It's a I know there's Shallow a, Grave. I know there's a franchise of Grave Digger trucks. There's been a lot of them. They're on like Grave Digger 37 now or something. Yeah, but mine's better and different. So tell us about Shallow Grave Digger. If a bigger truck comes in and I don't feel like my truck can win the old monster matchup, then Grave Digger, it dies. The engine dies. Uh-huh. And headlights shut off and 
It just dies. The truck has a scoop on the front of it, and it actually digs a little grave for the truck to get into and then kind of shovels dirt back on itself. It's got enough battery power to do that. So the, gra- so the grave is for you and the truck to hide in from a bigger monster truck? Yes. Ah, okay. Can't be a deep grave. That's too permanent. Sure. Can't dig myself out of that. Well, that's smart. That sounds like a great. Uh, that sounds like a great spectacle for everyone to watch. Oh, imagine that! You know, here comes Shallow Gravedigger, and then you got this big old T Rex truck that comes out and roars, and then all of a sudden the headlights shut off, and it's just hiding in the corner, putting dirt on top of itself, and everybody's it's like, "Oh, sh- don't die!" Shallow Gravedigger's kind of shaking a little bit in the corner when Truckzilla comes in and starts blasting fire at it. Yes. And yes, it's, you know, I guess you could say it's embarrassing, but the thing is, my truck's always shiny, always looks great, always wins. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it always wins. Sounds uh, like it more often than not loses. People in the stands, they're going to relate to Shallow Gravedigger because they're going to be like, you know what? I've hidden from a monster truck before. I've hidden in a shallow grave before. It'll click with them. You think people are going to say that to themselves? Yes. Okay. There's going to be a man that looks real manly and burly with one of them lad shirts on, and he's going to lean over to his wife with a tear in his eye. He's going to say, like, baby, this reminds me of the time that I hid in a grave. Mm-hmm. He's going to brush, like, a couple of twigs out of his hair. Yeah, and it's going to be a nice moment for their marriage. Thank you, shallow grave digger. <laughs> All right, Big How, what's your number five dream job? Possum, my fifth most dreamiest job is knife thrower. Talk about a great job. A licensed knife thrower. I get to carry my razor-sharp arsenal blades and my special trench coat. Every night, bright lights, center stage, my assistant strapped to a huge wheel. And by day, I'm showing off my skills by ordering off the dollar menu by underhanding daggers up to my chosen items. Impressing all the people on the street. Ooh, what if you made your own knives? That way you could afford to just... You know, leave them and stuff, and you wouldn't have to go get them. I don't think those two worlds are supposed to meet. You're not supposed to. It kind of takes the magic out of knife throwing if you know how they're made. So it's like Babe Ruth was good at hitting baseballs, but he didn't necessarily construct baseballs in his free time. Yeah, well, and and if he had, it probably would have screwed him up. He would have... He would have been looking at each baseball as it came towards him and sort of evaluating how, how it was made saying, oh, wow, they did a great job on the stitching of that, or, oh, they did a lousy job. See, you're right. Yep, exactly. I'm sure you've thought about this, but the coat that you're wearing that has all these knives in it, Uh is it, is it, like, strong? Is it made of leather or something so it's not ripped up? Well, I've thought a lot about the jacket design, and I think I want something that has magnets so that I can easily grab the blades. I'm thinking something made of metal. I'm thinking a metal jacket. I'm thinking like a really big metal jacket. Like a full metal jacket. So your jacket is almost like a knife itself. It'd be made out of a single sheet of aluminum. So if you take it off and set it on the ground, it stands as tall as it did before. So if you sit down, it cuts your head off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If I sit down too fast, it'll it'll definitely chop my entire head off. Sounds sharp. (laughs) You're a sharp dresser is what they'll say. Yeah.
awesome. The folks at home are dying to know what your fourth most dreamiest job could be. Taz. Excuse me? I said Taz, the Tasmanian devil. You want to be a Tasmanian devil? I want to be Taz, not a Tasmanian devil. Taz, the Taz. Oh, you want to be Taz? I don't have to say the Taz again, do I? Taz. I'm going to be everywhere. I get to travel everywhere. All over the world. I get to be on t-shirts. I get to pose nude for mud flap art. And say stuff like, back off. So you think Taz himself goes out and poses for every t-shirt that he's on and every car hood that he's painted on. You think he goes out and does that every time? Yeah, it's some kind of version of Santa magic, but yeah, he figures it out. He's a lot of different places at once. That's interesting. I know. I n- I'd never thought about it that way. I thought maybe they just had one image of Taz that they send all over the world and they stick it on other things. It must be so sad to wake up as you and face the world where everything's just so figured out. Everything just makes all that sense to you, doesn't it? Does it feel good? Yeah, there's not as much magic in my world. Oh, I know. But me, in my world, I'm everywhere as Taz. In your world, every factory has a Taz trapped somewhere in it that's being, uh, that's being spray-painted on something. He's never trapped. He's everywhere. Listen to what you're saying. You sound so stupid right now. <laughs> you really do. Everybody loves Taz, but they also fear his wrath. Taz is a natural force. He shows up with all that slobber, and he can either wreck you or entertain you. Sometimes both. Yeah, but it's up to him. Oh, the will of Taz can be capricious, uh, that's to be sure. But I think that I would be a merciful Taz. Yes, I think I would be nice to my my buddies, and I, oh my gosh, the wrath of Taz for people who have crossed me, though. Oh. Big Al, what's your number four? My number four dream job is Space Miner. Space Miner. Space Miner. So you want to be a child in space? No, I want to mine for stuff in space, Mr. Possum. (laughs) Oh, okay. Space Miner. What a job. Traveling through the void on an enormous freighter. Enforcing humanity's dominion over all regions of space. Digging up whatever wild materials and minerals we encounter. Now, sometimes you come across uh, some treats out there in space, right? Treats, yeah. Like all the minerals and things that we're uh, trying to dig up. Yeah, what if you find some eggs? Well, it's, hey, you know, fresh breakfast is always welcome up there on the ship. Well, what about the kind of, you know, an egg where you come up and there's like a little guy writhing around in that little egg, in that little pod? A little guy writhing around. Yeah, that is exciting. Maybe something kind of shoots out. Mm Mm-hmm. Lands on your face. Yeah. There's two kinds of eggs. There's the egg that means breakfast, and there's the egg that means a new friend. So the first thing I would have to do as a space miner is figure out whether they're a friend or a food. You got a system for that? There's a few different systems that different people use, but uh, but uh, the one the one that I know of is uh, I'd have a small package of jelly beans on me, and as it hatches, when that little new creature comes to life, you hand him the package of jelly beans. Now that hungry little creature's going to tear right into those jelly beans. But if he shares some with you, that's a friend. If he doesn't, he's a food. And now he's stuffed with jelly beans, so he's even more delicious. Now, see, me, if I was trying to test for friend or food, I'd have a completely different system, Big Al. What's that, Mr. Possum? See, I'd test it for food first. I'd take a little bit of Mrs. Dash. Kind of season the top of the egg. 
And if it shies away from it, it's a buddy. But if it kind of gets excited by the seasoning and leans towards it, then that's food. It wants to be seasoned. It wants to be eaten. Mm-hmm. It wants to be Mr. Dash. I can imagine you'd have situations where you'd have like a little cute little E.T. down there in that egg. Uh-huh. And you put that Mrs. Dash down on the egg. And uh, I can't see E.T. shying away from being a spicy little E.T. But that doesn't make spicy E.T. any less of your friend. That's true. It could be one of them Nashville hot ETs. He's sitting on a piece of white bread. And all- Somebody stabbed a pickle into his head with a toothpick. Yeah, well, because that's confusing because he clearly looks like food, but he's yeah. such a buddy. You know, I would absolutely love to have a little Nashville hot ET hanging around, except that I would get so tempted so frequently. Ooh. Maybe every once in a while he'd let you eat his little white bread mattress. You'd get some of, you'd get some of that flavor. Big Island Possum, brave and strong and awesome, speaking truths and tooting toots and having tons of laughs. Big Island Possum, two good boys who've been hollering, we'll comfort you when you are blue and calm you when you're mad. Hey, Mr. Possum. Hey, Big Al. I heard your 80-year-old Grand Possum came to see you this week. He did. How was that? Terrible. Old Codger drank me out of house and home. Even drank my best bottle of whiskey. Possum, why'd you leave your best bottle of whiskey out? I thought he wouldn't be able to open the bottle. Now, why's that? Well, it said it was 80 proof. <laughs> toot toot. Toot toot. Welcome to Arby's, sir. What can I get you today? I'll have one plain roast beef sandwich. Plain? You don't want no sauce? Not a drop of sauce. I want a dry hunk of Arby. No Arby sauce? No, sir. What about our famous horsey sauce? Would a little horsey kill ya? I suppose if he kicked you just right. Toot toot. Toot toot. Hey, Mr. Possum. Hey, Big Al. I heard you got a job at the pie factory this week. Yes, I did, Al. How'd it go? Not good. Of course. Went about as you might expect. Yeah, I'm surprised they hired you. Well, I interview real good, Big Al. Don't know if you know that about me. What do you do in an interview that's special? Well, I followed the Enigma method of acing job interviews as developed by Chip Mellon, 20th century self-improvement expert and lecturer. Chip Mellon? Wasn't he the guy with the nudist cult? Yeah, most people know him from the nudist cult. And he had, a, he had a bunch of wives also. Yeah, he had some wives. Didn't he, um... Yes, uh, how he killed some guys. And didn't he, Yes, uh, how he stacked up the bodies and made a cabin. And he lived in the cabin made of bodies for a while. Okay, all right. So you're, so you're a follower of this guy. You like this guy's advice. His job advice is very good, Big Al. Okay, well, what's the Enigma method? Okay, the Enigma method for acing job interviews. E, eye contact. Makes sense. N, name usage. You gotta remember and use the interviewer's name as much as possible. Okay, well, I'm bad at that. I, interrupt never. Well, I don't need that advice. It's very off-putting and rude to be interrupted, Big Al, you piece of... What's the G stand for? Well, the G I don't mess with. What's it stand for? Uh, well, it stands for gather bodies around you. Like, you know, absorb energy from dead bodies. But that's not one... Wow, 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 wow. important, wow. yeah. Wow. It was a different time, Big Al. It was a different time. And then M stands for make yourself an asset, and A stands for always smile. Okay, so you aced the interview. Oh, yeah. Got a job in pie quality control. And they didn't mind that you're a pie thief. Well. Hmm? 
I didn't mention stealing pies. You didn't tell him you're a pie thief. No, I didn't. Wow, you should add an L to the Enigma method for lying to get a job. Well, it don't matter, Big Al. After my first day, they declared my work inadequate. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I ate all the pies and had to quit. Toot, toot. Toot, toot. Big Al and Possum, brave and strong and awesome. Speaking truths and tooting toots and having tons of laughs. Big Al and Possum, we went to school in Boston. We'll comfort you when you are blue and call you when you're mad. Mr. Possum, what's your number three? My number three dream job is to be one of them nerds on the Antique Road Show. Now that surprises me a great deal, Mr. Possum. I know you're I know the animosity you have towards nerds. Yeah, I don't like nerds at all. So it surprises me a lot that you sit around and daydream about being a nerd. There's something special about this kind of nerd. Because these nerds, they crush dreams. Oh, right. And I like that. I'd like to be a dream crusher. Mm-hmm. You know, because some feller comes in with this old cuckoo clock or some Felix the Cat clock, you know, and he's like, oh, I bet this is worth 50 bucks. And I look at it with my little glasses that are sitting on the end of my nose, of course. Of course. And I say, hmm, this is worth uh, nothing. <laughs> that is possible. That's so cruel. Yeah. Something they, something they, their great-grandfather passed down to them. And you say it's worthless. It's worthless. So you just want to be in a position of authority. Okay, so let's say I'm a contestant on Antiques Roadshow. All right, step right up with your junk. Welcome to my booth. What you got? Uh, Good day, Mr. Nerd Possum. I have a work of art that's been passed through my family for for quite a few years. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very valuable. It's an original painting painted by Salvador Dali. Okay, let me have a look at it. I want you to look at me while I put on my glasses. Okay. Ah, there we go. Now I've got my judging glasses on. Mm -hmm. Now, what we got here is a worthless painting here, son. It's too melty. You see how that clock's melted across that stuff? Uh huh. Well, that's kind. That was one of the one of his celebrated stylistic uh, choices. It's not how a clock looks. This is a bad painting, and it's not worth much. The thing is... Well, there was kind of an era of surrealism where things were painted... People painted absurd, abstract things with everyday items like yeah, clocks and stuff. excuse me. I'm the expert. And okay. the thing is, I can tell when a painting has been left in a storage unit for long enough to melt. And somebody has left this old clock painting in there for so long that it is drippy looking. Uh-huh. I give you two bucks for this, Tops. Oh, two bucks, really? Two bucks. Okay. Can I have that cash right now? Uh, you can see there's uh, my assistant over there. She's got some possum bucks for you. They're good here. You can buy another piece of junk with the possum bucks. So just store credit then on that Salvador, on that original Salvador Dolly Store painting. credit, okay, yeah. Okay, sure. Big Al, what's your number three dreamy, dreamy job job? My number three dream job is the lead singer of Aerosmith. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, this is a job. You get the spotlight. You get center stage. A mic stand covered in scarves. You get to sing the finest repertoire on the East Coast. Ragdoll, Love in an Elevator, Mama Kin, all the best tunes. And the best part of being the main guy from Aerosmith, I get to make whatever sounds I want, Mr. Possum. 
Now that's a good deal. I don't have to go. I don't have to do that. Why wouldn't you want to do that? That sounds well. Fun. It's a little hard on your throat. You, I have a, I have a lower register, obviously. Well, I'm, I'm assuming if you've accepted the job of Stephen Tyler, you went to Stephen Tyler College, and you've got the proper training for your for your mouth and throat. Okay. Well, a few things we got to clear up there. One is the job is not Stephen Tyler. The job is the lead singer of Aerosmith. Oh, I he's see. just one person. He's just the former. CEO of the of the company, gotcha. essentially. Now the other thing is that there's not actually there's no school that trains you to become the lead singer of Aerosmith. So it's just on the job training. Yeah. Oh, so you're not Steven Tyler. You've got all the freedom to do what you want with this band. What would you do differently as the lead singer of Aerosmith? Well, I feel like I'm in the interview already. Guess what? You are. Oh boy. I'm the HR guy for Aerosmith. <laughs> What would you say your your greatest weakness is? Would you say it's finding love in an elevator? Or would you just think that things are too crazy? Or, well, Mr. Possum, probably my biggest weakness is that there's a hole in my soul. Where do you see yourself in five years? Well, Mr. Possum, I expect I'll be honking on Bobo. You got the job, toot toot. Toot toot. Possum, what's your number two dream job? Well, Big Al, this may surprise you, but I, I wouldn't mind being a business guy. What, just a bit, just a business guy? Yes, I'd like to be in business. You'd like to be involved in business. In business, yes. Yeah. I could see myself in one of them tall buildings poking a graph with a stick. Mm -hmm. I could see that. Just getting mad at a graph in a room yes. with some people sitting down. Yes, and they're all going to be wrapped because they're going to be like, why is he so mad at that graft? Did I screw up? I'm gonna be like, yes, you did, Nelson. You did. You absolutely screwed up. All the time I'm wearing a nice suit coat with a tie with no pants on. Kind of Winnie, Winnie the Pooh in it, you know. Right. No it, one else is allowed to dress like that. Well, they're not animals. They don't have furry undercarriages. Right. I've got the furry undercarriage, so... All right, well, let's pretend for a second, Mr. Possum, that I'm an important businessman. Okay. All right? Yeah. And you would like to acquire my business mm. from me. Yes, I'm let's hungry. Try to, let's try to make a deal. Okay. okay? Yeah. All right? What kind of meeting are you going to set up? Are we going to meet on neutral ground? Are we going to meet in your office? Are you going to come to my office? I'm going to get you to come into my office, but here's the catch. Okay. I'm going to be real generous. Okay. I'm going to be like, sit down here. Sit in my chair. You know, I let you sit in my chair. And I'm like, here, have a Werther's. Have a candy. Uh -huh. Have a couple. You know what? How about you have the whole bowl? Okay, this is throwing me off. Mm -hmm. I'm not used to being treated like this. I bet. I bet you've never been treated this good. So you're sitting there just a mouth full of caramel candy. Yeah. Every time I open my mouth, there's Werther's just spilling out onto the big, big glass top desk. And I, I get you a glass of water. And I rub your shoulders. Uh-huh. And by the end of it, you're saying, what can I do for you? You've been so generous. And I say, I'll take your company. Well, I'm going to reject your offer, and I'm going to take the, this bowl that you gave me of these Werther's candies. I'm going to go back to my office at my business. And, uh, you know, listen, when you're ready to play ball for real, possum, you give me a call. You know where to find me. 
So at this point, I've got no choice but just get down on my knees and beg you for it. Right away. Yeah. Your second thing in the whole deal is to get on your knees and beg. Yeah, that's my move. That's your second move. That's my second move is to get down there and beg. Okay. So I'm down there on the floor, and I just start offering you everything, everything I got, starting with my clothes. You want my clothes? These are nice. How about that graph? Ooh-wee, never seen such a graph. How about that desk? Mahogany. Because I'd have a mahogany desk. Okay, well, we're, get, we're getting somewhere. How about this? I'll take everything. Your desk, your clothes, your graph. I'll take your job. I'll take your position at this company, which means I'll retain control of my own company. Mm. No. But, you'll, but you'll get the deal. The deal will be made. How about that? How's that work for you? You go home today with nothing, and I take all of it, everything. But we will have struck a deal. We will have struck the deal that you wanted, yes. Well, that sounds like good business to me. Yeah, I think I think you've made a really good choice here today. Oh, I love to hear that. So go on and take all that stuff off and get out of here before I call security. Well, you're the boss. Big Al, what's your number two dream job? Possum, something I've always wanted to be is a goat herd. Goat herd. Now here is a job. Working outside in the sun and the breeze. Keeping a humble herd of goats in line. The boss of a gang of animals. Every day of vacation. No deadlines, no traffic. No cooler guy than me in the cubicle next to me who has a cooler hobby than I do. Just me and some goats. And I'm their boss. That is a dream job. It'd be, it's like hanging out at the dog park all day, except they're goats. I think you may be underestimating how complicated goats can be, Big Al. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, what if you get one of them cool goats? A cool goat? Yeah, a real cool guy goat. You know, he's got the sunglasses and the beard and the wine shirt, maybe a gold chain. Kind of like a Spuds McKenzie of goats. Yeah, like a Spuds McGoatsy. I would hate that. That'd be a lot like having that cool guy in the cubicle next to me. Oh, and it gets worse. This this goat, Spuds, he knows he's cooler than you, and he talks behind your back, really is roasting you uh-huh. with all the goats, and you hear him laughing and tittering behind your back, and you know it's about you. And then they kind of, like, uprise, and they do, like, an animal. They animal farm you, big owl. I get animal farmed. Yeah. By my own goats. Yes. Oh, Because Spuds. And then they pretty much take over the whole world, Animals take over everything, and guess whose fault it is? Well, that, that would be mine. Yes, you're the goat herder. Because so. I'm the goat herder that allowed myself to be overtaken by my own goats. Maybe the goat society will build a statue to me as the laziest goat herd that allowed them to take over. You're right. Maybe they would, but here's the problem with that is that Spuds McGoatsy's building the, the statue. He's going to build you with, like, your pants down around your ankles or something. You're going to look real dumb in that statue. Wow. This just really became a worst-case scenario for me. I think I've come up with the solution to this, though. I'm just not going to have any goats. I'm going to sit out in a field with my shepherd's crook and a foldable tanning sheet, and if anybody shows up with any goats, I'm going to say, sorry, I'm not accepting goats at this time. So your dream job is just to sit in a field. Wow, absolutely. Without question, yes. That's not bad. It's a pretty good one. It's pretty good. I can't wait to see what your number one's going to be, if that's your number two. What's going to top sitting in a field? Well, actually, my number one was sitting in a field. I guess so got, I'm going to have to think of something else. Yeah, you got a little bit of time. Okay. 
This is the big one. Go ahead and lay it on us. My number one dream job, buddy, is to be a hungry boy. A hungry boy? Yes, sir. Possum, what's a hungry boy? Well, there's this service where if you can't finish your meal, you call a professional hungry boy to come eat your leftovers. Doesn't that sound nice? That sounds great. And there's all sorts of hungry boys. There's John Doe. He just eats bread. You know? There's fritters tonight. He just eats the fried delights so you couldn't finish. This is my dream job, baby. Well, Possum, as we've discussed, you live life mouth first, and you don't care what goes in there. Mm -hmm. I think this job sounds perfect for you. I do, too. They won't hire me, buddy. Just because I'm a possum. Can you believe that? So Hungry Boy Incorporated won't hire you because you're an animal? Because I'm an animal. They maintain that people ain't going to want to pay a possum to eat their leftovers when they could just as easily leave it outside by their cans and have a possum do it for free. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, they just ain't seeing the big picture. I could make a big show of it and kind of have my own little thing. Like, I come in and I examine the leftover casserole or whatever, and then just when you think I'm going to eat it, I start doing all this really funny slapstick in their kitchen. That could be my thing, slapstick. Okay, well, how about this, Mr. Possum? Okay. How about you start your own service? Possum Clown service you come over and you're a clown in their kitchen and instead of getting paid in cash money you get paid in leftovers oh i love that mm -hmm. hey pay me what do i want with money anyway oh, i wouldn't have to have a boss i think this business is gonna really take off but uh i think i should get a little credit for helping you come up with it mm -hmm. so i'm thinking i'm i'm wondering if we couldn't figure out a, de a, a deal where we become partners in this business do you want some bites i don't want any bites i just want ownership of the possum clown service okay that seems fair well how much of the company do you want here i'd like to have all of it all of it huh yeah uh 100 ownership of the business uh, and i'd like to be in charge of everything that happens and I still get to stumble around with a mouthful of food inside the house? Yes. Well, you got yourself a deal, boss. I think we just struck ourselves one of them business deals again. We sure did. You Gosh, you're good at business. Man, I am, aren't I? What's your all-time number one dream job? My number one dream job is beach detective. Ooh. Now this is a job. Solving murders in a small beach town, living and working out a bungalow, becoming one with the easy living locals and thriving in the salt air. Best part of being a beach detective? Oh, it's 3.30 p.m. and the case ain't solved. Guess a shark did it. Let's head over to the Rusty Harpoon for some cervezas, Mr. Possum. Oh, yeah. What's the sandy equivalent of a gum shoe? It's called a clam shoe. Okay, well, what's the name of your detective agency? I've thought about this a lot, Mr. Possum, when I daydream about this job. There's one name I can see up there on the sign that just lets everybody know that they're in the right hands. What is it? It's the Sandy Bottoms Detective Agency. Classy. Big Hal, what if I come into your office there over there at the Sandy Bottoms and I come to the top clam shoe and I've got, I need some help with the little beach mystery. Well, first things first, I would uh, have you take a seat in my office. I would make you a Mai Tai. Oh, I like that. What can I, what can I help you with today, Mr. Possum? 
I'm a little worried. I found some real red lipstick on the collar of my husband's clothes. Okay. What do you think that means? Your husband was wearing a collar? He was wearing a shirt with a collar. Okay. And it had lipstick on it. Like somebody tried to kiss his face and missed and kissed his collar instead. Okay. All right. I, I understand. Such a passion. All right. Well, uh, I'm afraid I have to decline this case on account of uh, your husband was wearing a collar. Therefore, it's not really a beach mystery. That's an inland mystery. The Big Howl and Possum Podcast. Toot, toot.